0: hello latina society thank you guys for tuning in you may have noticed that i have continued to pause all business and coaching talk in an effort to really just continue to share my platform and elevate our black brothers and sisters um it just simply hasn't felt right for me to go back Uh, to business per usual Um, how could we right like no back to normal at this point there is a new normal with a new mentality and really just taking that clear stance so I'm so proud of you guys for continuing to bring awareness to the social injustice by signing the petitions by donating reposting protesting having those difficult conversations Um, you've been unfollowing people maybe we've lost a couple of friends and ultimately taking that really clear stance as being anti-racist. Today's guest is definitely going to need a formal introduction, she has been such a light in my life during this heavy time and she's just been such a knowledgeable resource and advocate for social injustice um, honestly for years since i've been following her today's guest is candace tolliver born and raised in south phoenix she's a mother an educator and she's extremely passionate about education and leadership she spends most of her time known as miss tolliver creating a culture in her classrooms to educate equip and enable young leaders to lead themselves so that they may use their influence to serve the common good. Her leadership journey honestly began in sixth grade and her story is just so impressive. She's gonna share it with us today. And her resume is super impressive. Working from St. Mary's to American Express Leadership Academy, um, she just really knows the significance of being a servant leader. And she knows that significant change in her community begins with the students that she serves. Whether she's teaching, whether she's leading community workshops, or volunteering with youth at her church. She recently completed her master's in education with a focus in educational foundations from NAU. And she's going to return to the classroom this fall as a seventh grade English language arts teacher. So we're definitely going to be thinking of her and sending her all the positive vibes because she's just focused on continuing her mission, just working towards an education system that is grounded in equity and justice. Candace is the founder and lead workshop curator and facilitator of Lovely Transformation LLC, which exists to educate, equip, and enable youth and young adults to lead through workshops, cohort programs, and events. She enjoys reading dancing learning and anything connected to leadership development which is why this conversation is going to be so great you guys I knew she would tell us how we can be servant leaders how we can use our platforms to really be advocates how we can continue to learn and I cannot wait to dig in so let's go thank you so much Candice how's it going yeah. how are you going I'm good it's busy it is a busy time <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. That's why I'm so grateful for your time cuz honestly I I've seen you you've been busy with school and honestly just being a huge advocate, a huge resource and church and then just like <laughs> summer stuff, right? And also <laughs> congratulations on getting your masters. I saw that. Uh such a big deal. Thank such, you, girl. Oh my gosh, I was like I want to tell her and I was like I'm just going to wait until we're looking
1: to party for sure. Um, I finished in March and then my degree actually just showed up on my doorstep earlier this week. So that was, I loved opening. I'm like, I just own expensive pieces of the paper at this point. Just kidding. There's a lot of
0: knowledge behind it. <laughs> I'm like, well, no, you're not. super I'm smart. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, we, my mom's like, we've got to have a party. And I really am not great at like celebrating things like that. <laughs> yes, I would love that.
0: I I struggle with that yeah. too. Honestly, it's like we're so like focused on the on like the arrival, like the destination, and then once we get there, we're like, okay, cool, that was fun. And so I think that a lot of people will say, hey, why don't you just enjoy the view when you're there or when you get there? Exactly. And then we're just, yeah. Like, trying to get to the next place. I'm so excited love to that. talk to you, Candice. Honestly, just because you know, just with the the murder of George Floyd and just all of the new protests and all of honestly, just in the side of me. I would say, becoming aware and mm-hmm. just learning, right? Um, you were yeah. one of the first people I reached out to. You can recall kind of just like a webinar that we had with a yeah. few of the other Latina leaders. And mm-hmm. just in an hour, you had taught us so much and just really gave us such a great perspective on on the things that we hadn't even thought about right so that's why I really just wanted to bring you on um and I know that there was a few things that you wanted to talk about but honestly I just want to hear about you and your story what you do yeah yeah
1: well first I definitely want to say big thank you to y'all and shout outs because I thought it was really awesome that you all wanted to listen and you wanted to learn and hear and um, to me honestly is one of the biggest things just and we'll talk about it more but like Listening to someone else's experience it enriches your life, but it also helps you to just be a better human. But yeah, so I'm from Phoenix, Arizona, born and raised here, specifically in South Phoenix. So all my Southsiders out there, hello, um, shout out to you. And uh, yeah, so grew up in in South Phoenix, went to school in Phoenix, and ended up at U of A for undergrad. So I went to U of A for for college. So go Wildcats! all my wildcats out there. Um, and yeah, I loved, I've always loved schools and the school that I attended sixth through 12th grade, literally they were all about like, you're going to go to college and you are going to lead and you are going to, you know, look out for your community and you, you know, all of those things were just literally regular day things. And so once I did make it to college, I loved it. It was great. It was a new experience. And, um, yeah, so I was in undergrad And while I was in undergrad, I actually found that I was pregnant literally probably like three weeks after my 20th birthday and (laughs) not in the plan. So I'm just going to put that out there. You know, it was one of those things that immediately I was like, my life is over. And so anyone I think in that position probably could have like similar thoughts in the sense, you know, you're letting people down, you're letting yourself down, like whatever kind of thoughts trickle in and um yeah immediately I was just like wow like my family is going to be so upset there's going to be all of this somehow I still can't explain it to this day but I I had a moment where I like my mind just kind of switched and was like you're gonna finish school we're gonna figure this out and like we're just gonna go for it (laughs) so um yeah I reached I reached out to my advisor I had already paid for you know my books for that semester because I was a junior that year um, had paid for my studio like apartment situation I had um, a job I was doing research with a professor so all of these things are set in place and my mom literally was like you can move home like you live are a child and she's like you don't have family that you're gonna be around like you're gonna be by yourself and she's like you can move home rightfully so and I literally told her no I was like I'm not moving home (laughs) I was like. I'm staying in Tucson, and so I look back now, and I'm like, "Yo, you are wild." I got a doctor in Tucson. I still went to class. I did, you know, my research with my professor. I kept my job. Um, my son's dad would drive up for our doctor's appointments for our son. And at the end of that semester, you know, I moved home. So eventually, came back to Phoenix. Continued to stay in school. Had my son that August, and was still in school through that time. And I graduated in 2011 from U of A and I had my, my 10 month old on my hip. Yeah, I look back at that time and think lots of thoughts like you're crazy, you probably should have moved home. It was super difficult. And at the same time, it is the time of my life I look at to remind me that I can keep going through like anything. And so came back to Phoenix, substitute taught for um, for a school and the teacher that I was substituting for ended up um, leaving. And so I got offered a teaching job and mind you, I never wanted to be a teacher that was not in the plan, like not once and started teaching and I enjoyed it. Um, I ended up leaving that after two years and working in nonprofit, but still working very closely uh, for work for children. Ended up back in the classroom after that. And um, now I teach an adult education and it's been about a year, almost two years doing that. And I'm gonna be back in the classroom in the fall. It's been an interesting journey, but through that journey, um, a lot of weaving in of leadership training, leadership education, um, like you mentioned earlier, like work with my church, working with youth through all of that, because that is, that's definitely um, an area that I love. And I'm actually back in school. And you know, the time that we're in right now, although it's it's a trying time, it's a tiring time. Um, it's also a time of awakening. And so all of my experience in life and in school and equipped me to do a lot of the work that I'm doing today. And so that's pretty much my background. I like to have fun. I know that's like super serious stuff that I shared. Like, it kind of seems like, wow, she doesn't do anything, but like work, work, work. Like, well, I'll just go to school. I'm like, like, it sounds like you just really like school. I really do. I, I, you know, I, I love to learn. Um, Mm -hmm. I love to read and learning continuously is something that is important to me. And so, um, it's very much like weaved through my life. Uh, but I love to go dancing with my girls like listen this whole rona situation like i want a night out with friends but i just want some music and i just want to dance like all night that's what i want to do i love to eat really good food i like to call myself a self-proclaimed astronomer not astrologer for anyone who is listening there's a difference between astronomy and astrology yes but i call myself a (laughs) self-proclaimed astronomer i love to stargaze i love to learn about stars and I probably would have been an astrophysicist or something like that if I wasn't so afraid of math because in undergrad I took
0: a lot of classes about stars, all of
1: those things as well. And um, I'm a mom. I know. I, I that love I- that
0: so much. And I love that you are still doing all of those things and then like and a mom, right? And <laughs> I kind of wanted to touch back on two things. So Yeah. One thing that you had said originally was that you, from 6th to 12th grade, you that you went to school and everybody in your class had this mindset about, like, success. Like, everybody, it was just kind of an expectation. Like, hey, mm-hmm. and, I, and I actually think you had brought this up in another conversation we had had where it was like, hey, this group is going to be different. You guys are going to be leaders. You're going to be successful. You're going to be the change. So yeah. do you think that, I mean, especially in that time, because now thinking back to you, you're going back to teach in that, yeah. that time frame, seventh grade, right? How do you think that that mindset or that timeframe, like that age group is, yeah. you know, easily influenced or like maybe at that how mm-hmm. do you think that affected you?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, developmentally, when like in adolescence, there's so much that's happening. I think that there's, there's something to be said about expectation about consistency, but providing what is needed for someone to meet that expectation. And I definitely do think, you know, at that age, it's, you're still kind of like pliable, I guess you could say, like, you've gone through a lot already. But when being in that time, when I think back to it, and crazily enough, my mom was cleaning stuff out and found a lot of my notebooks from that time in my life, my school really was like, you guys are servant leaders, and this is what it means to be that. And so we talked about people like Martin Luther King Jr. We talked about people like Cesar Chavez. So we talked about that. But then we also looked in our community, and we did things like community cleanups. We did things like we, you know, attended events that were talking about social justice issues. You know, like we would have people come on our campus who were looking at maybe like investing in, and the students there and we were taught how to give a tour and how to talk about our own stories and to have pride in where we came from and that was really you know talked about they were like you are from South Phoenix you are from a place where most people are going to you know say that you know you're uneducated or you are this or you're that whatever whatever the list is you know mm-hmm. and They were like, even in that, like you are not that label, like this is who you are and you get to determine, you know, how you're going to engage in the world. And they were like, as long as you go to this school, you know, this is a standard that we're setting for you. And now that doesn't mean everyone's going to follow suit. That doesn't mean that everybody's going to follow along. You know, a lot of, a lot of that was the foundation that really set that for me. That was like, this is the kind of person I want to be.
0: Mm. And
1: so Mm. what ended up happening is really me um, finding myself doing things that were reinforcing that, like just consistently reinforcing that. So then when I was, you know, going off to college, I started to seek those kind of things out. So I was like, oh, they have, you know, a leadership program at U of A. Okay, I'm going to take that leadership program. Oh, they have this. Um, opportunity for me to, um, I remember when I was in undergrad, I did a summer transition program at U of A called New Start, but it was like a conference. That's what it was like. And you would submit to the conference, you know, committee, what you wanted to speak about. And I remember submitting something and I found old pictures, like I had a little name tag and, you know, talking about issues, you know, talking about those issues and bringing them to light and being in front of people. And in doing that, you know, you're um, essentially watering the seed. That's yes. what you're doing. At that age, like doing that, watering that seed, putting experiences in front of young people, like all of that stuff is so important because I think a lot of times it's like, oh, it's not gonna stick, they're not gonna remember, blah, blah, blah. But the truth is like, I think about myself and those things were sticking. Even if I didn't know it at the time, It was becoming a part of who I was as a person. And now when asked, like you're asking me right now, I look back to that time and I think, wow, like having those experiences really had an impression on me. And so it's one reason why, you know, a lot of people, when they'll talk to me, they're like, oh, you know, they'll learn that I love working with like high school students and learn, love working with, you know, just kind of those, those preteen age and they're like, why? You know. <laughs> yeah. But the big thing is, I believe 100% in my heart, like, that all they need are people who are in their corner, who believe that they have got inside of them already. Like they have everything inside of them already. They just need people in their life who are going to pull that out or who are going to water that. Um, because they're going to go off and they're going to be adults one day, they're going to be your future presidents, they're going to be your future doctors and teachers, lawyers, parents, they're going to be your future. They're just, they are the future. And, you know, I say all those examples of titles, but I mean, even outside of that, they are going to be the human beings in the world and they are going to dictate the type of society they live in. And so to think that you can just kind of put them to the side and, you know, a lot of, oh, be quiet. You're just a kid, blah, blah, blah. That's when you're going to have you know you're gonna have a generation of people who've been silenced their whole lives and then they became adults and are trying to trying to find their voice and eventually finding it but imagine the impact that we have when we give them that attention as they're growing up from birth all the way through so um
0: yeah it had huge
1: impact on my mindset
0: who i am today
1: yeah um, and so that's i think so
0: so powerful seriously and watering that seed but then also providing what's needed to meet that, like setting expectations, but then providing what's Mm -hmm. needed to set the expectation. And that's obviously like, that's the problem. Right. And so a lot of times maybe we don't want to set high expectations because then it's like, oh, well, can we really provide as, as Mm -hmm. a system, as an educator, you know, as an educator, where we live, um, the resources, can we really even provide what they need to meet those expectations? Like, why set the bar so high and then be like, Hey, you're going to be X, Y, and Z. But then like, mm-hmm. we can't support you in getting there, which is when you said that it just like sparked it. And so in the environment that you grew up mm-hmm. that they were like, Hey, we're going to hold you accountable and we're here for you. And we're going to do X, Y, and Z to help you grow. And so it's just so powerful. And honestly, it, I kind of think back, even just, I'm not trying to bring up business coaching, but even within coaching, oh, right. Mm-hmm. Um, we always say, that we always end up coaching who we used to be like the a past mm. version of yourself so mm-hmm. for me like i like to coach right like i help women start businesses cuz i wish i had yeah. someone that had was there to help me start and so for in yeah. this situation you as an educator i'm like you know thinking about maybe who you needed or who was there for you that you want to mm-hmm. go back and help like maybe the 7th grade you the yeah. high school you right and that's why it's so powerful cuz you're like you you can go there and you're like i know that this is like, they just need someone in their corner, someone that's mm-hmm. gonna be cheering them on and that's gonna be absolutely. helping bring those talents out. That's why everything you just said, I'm like
1: 100%. And that's yeah. the
0: natural educator in you. That's just, it's just a gift. And it's like, no matter what career you would have picked, even if you were an astronomer, you would have always been an educator.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, I, absolutely. Like- <laughs> yeah, my friends, I'll be out with my friends and I'm like, guys, you see that? That's, um, that's you know, this star, that yeah. is, that's me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think like being, it gets me back to representation matters. I just did a um, conversation uh, thing with uh, a group of people. You know, they had asked with well, a uh, facilitator, was, you know, when you hear Black Lives Matter, like, what does that mean to you? You know? And I remember telling her, like, that's the, the words, that's what it means. You know? It's yeah, <laughs> like, Black I'm Lives gonna... Matter, <laughs> that's what it means, you know? And it was a great conversation, but then we started talking about things like microaggressions. And how, you know, representation matters. So even when I think about being an educator in a classroom, started teaching, I taught at the school that I attended. So the school that I attended from seventh through 12th grade, you know, was the same school that I ended up teaching at because, you know, well, the opportunity had presented itself. It wasn't something I was looking for, but it meant so much to me as time moved because I needed them to understand, like, there are no excuses here for you to not be able to do X, Y, and Z. And I would I would tell them straight up, I'm like, your environment at this moment is not created for you to succeed. Mm-hmm. And we would call things out. I'm like, there are liquor stores that are in our community, like inside of the community. You know, where I live, honestly, they're like all these houses and like in the middle of the houses, yeah. there's a liquor store there. I'm mm-hmm. like, there are payday loan places on the corners of streets. And I tell people all the time, I'm like, listen, do you see that when you go further north? Do you see that when you go further east? And the answer is no, you do not. And so I would tell them like, you need to understand a couple things. I'm like, one, never be ashamed of where you're from, ever. I mean, listen, I will tell people all day long, they're like, where are you from? From the south side, (laughs) you know? I don't have anything negative to say about that. I'm very proud of where I'm from. And I also told them, but you have to also be aware of your surroundings and not to get caught up in the systemic things that are in place that mm-hmm. have been created to try to dictate to you what you're worth and and the value that you bring to the world. Wow. And so I'm like representation matters. And so I would just tell them time and time again, they're like, Oh well, miss, I don't know how to I'm gonna be, you know, I don't I don't know how to apply for this, I don't think that I can do this. And I would have my degree from U of A sitting there. And I was like, listen, you know, getting your degree is not the be all end all. I'm not saying that ever, but I would have students that literally would be like, well, I don't think that I can go to college or to our, you know, I I don't think that I can get into a university. And I was Mm -hmm. like, listen, I attended this school and I attended a university and I graduated, right? Mm -hmm. If I had a student, I had a student once who said that she found out that she was pregnant, right? And, you know, I was like, and she reached out to me Um, She wasn't my student anymore, but she reached out to me and she's like, hey, miss, like, this is what's going on. And I told her, like, it is going to be hard. And so do not get me wrong. I am 110% like, you know, these are the realities of the situation. Right. And you can do it. You are capable. And so when they see that in me, then they're like, wow, I can do it. Because it's one thing to hear from someone who is doing something, but they don't have any kind of like connection to your experience. Right. Like you still kind of feel like, wow, that's great that they're doing that. But when you see someone who's in your community or you see someone who looks like you doing that, it gives you this kind of like, um, now you have like an idea, like, wow, that could be me, you know? And so, you know, when it comes to that, I'm like, yeah, representation, it, it matters so much. We need to see our faces in different positions in different areas.
0: And our kids need that.
1: They need that a lot.
0: So, so powerful. I love that so much, Candice. Um, one thing I wanted to, the second thing I wanted to touch on yeah was also now that you're, okay, so you talked about your son and yeah. how he just like, you graduated, you have a 10 month old, but now <laughs> he's like a grown man.
1: Crazy. It is so how,
0: how old is he now? And then like, yeah, what are some maybe things that you, because one thing I learned about you too, is that, that your son is Afro-Latino he and is. I, I didn't know that, <laughs> but also, um, so maybe just tell me a little bit about him and just like how yeah that you implement. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know,
1: yeah, he's nine now, which is insane. He's going yes. to be 10 this year and, um, he's I actually ten year old, Which is friend. crazy to me too. Cause I'm like, yeah, girl. I feel crazy. I'm looking at myself like, are you even adult enough to have a 10 year old? Like when, you know, but I feel like parents feel like that in general. Yeah. Where you're like, am I like, am I adult enough? (laughs) And you know, I look back now and I'm like, well, you were a baby when you had your kid. Cause I will tell people all day, they're like, 20 is not a baby. I'm like, oh, but it is. Yes, he is Afro-Latino. He is obviously, you know, I am black. I'm a black woman. His dad is Mexican-American. He uh, is a joy to be around. Um, He has taught me a lot. I think, and I'm sure you can relate. Anytime you're a parent, like you realize, like, you know, you think you know what you're about to do as a parent, but the truth is like, you are now the student and your child is the teacher. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh, so quick. Like that role gets flipped. So (laughs) it's, yeah, it's, you know, it is a mutual learning relationship. Having him, you know, I think, When it comes down to it is I had community. I had massive amounts of encouraging community around both of us. And even with his dad, we had that early on. Mm -hmm. I can recall back so many times where, you know, I've had tears where I've like, I can't do this because I just had a baby. Your emotions are all over the place. I was still, you know, 20 years old, getting up every hour and a half to feed him while trying to read books and turn in assignments. And, you know, you also are still young. So you're kind of like warning a bit that that side of you that, you know, would be kind of out doing what you want when you want. And it's a sacrifice. And you're learning this massive lesson in selflessness as you're still learning how to how to be selfish for you and so it's like a weird kind of dance and the best example I have is like you know watching like 16 and pregnant and things like that and you know I don't know if anybody teen mom right yeah and um OG
0: over here yeah you know
1: yeah 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 (laughs) for all the OGs on here um so but watching that and I remember like you know people being so judgy like oh my gosh, I can't believe like they're not wanting to take care of their kids. They want to be out with their friends. And I would tell people like, yo, just because you have a child does not mean that developmentally you are out of your adolescent years. And, you know, for me, community was massively important because my community was affirming. And so we had community around us that was so helpful. Um, I remember I went to New York City um, as a delegate. that got to represent, you know, our Phoenix, you know, um, Academy, but in New York City and meeting all of these leaders from all over the world at a global alumni, you know, a global leadership summit. And even in doing that, I'm able to pick up and go for three days because I trust people who are here to help take care of my kids. And so me navigating parenthood early on, In the beginning, beginning was me, you know, in school. And I had two friends that were like my ride or die because I really kind of secluded myself. And, you know, people would look at me funny when I would walk into the lecture hall and then I would have like my snacks, you know, because I was like pregnant, you know, and I was trying to work and do stuff. And that was super, till this day, one of the the hardest times in my life. But um, leaning into community helped me. Wanting more for my kid definitely helped me as well. I realized like, I'm not perfect, but I was like, I needed to figure out like, what are my hangups? Where are the areas in my life that need to be sorted out because it's going to influence my kid. And if I can help it, like, what can I work on? That's not going to be something that influences him negatively that he's going to have to recover from, you know, as, as an adult. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I'm not perfect, so I'm not going to get everything right. But even that awareness created a space for me to be like, okay, I need to try to do this well. Nine's interesting. I'm just going to throw that out there for anyone who if your kids on the verge of nine. You know, I thought like, I got this down, you know, birth to eight. I was like, okay, I got this. And then he turned nine and flipped the script on me. I had to get online. I was like,
0: what is going on? You know, so you're like, I literally work with children for like a living, like, I'm, Girl. I'm the, like, I'm the one to, you don't, I don't know nothing. It's so
1: <laughs> funny because like our kids do not come with handbooks and every child is different and mm. you're not going to know everything. Like, don't get arrogant and be like, this is my kid. I know my kid. Listen, do you even know yourself? We are oh. still trying to learn ourselves. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and so for, you know, that I look up stuff. So I'm like, okay, how can I be better at this? The the things that I do, um, you know, we talk about history talk about what does it mean to be to be a person who cares about others um you know we talk about you know because they've got questions if we're driving and there's someone who is you know asking for money on the street or things Mm -hmm. like that you know what are we talking about because parents have that control at this point so if you want your kid to learn what does it mean to have empathy or you know what does it mean to be a hard worker what does it mean to do x y and z you don't sit them down and have like a lecture You know, you take them out into the world and you do things with them that are teaching them these lessons so that they become a part, you know, of who they are. And some things will be hit or miss. But I think as a parent, it helps you to say, listen, I did everything that I could to have you watching things, hearing things, doing things that were going to help make you a resilient adult. But specifically with him being Afro-Latino, I actually had a conversation with his dad shortly after the killing of George Floyd. And I reached out to his dad because I was just like, you know, I mean, we were, you know, checking in and he's like, well, how are you doing? And, you know, I'm like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not good. Like, I'm very, I'm concerned because, because of our son and with him, you know, being both black and uh thinking about like what what does that look like for him and his dad gave me a really great response and he's like you know um that's why it's important for us to raise him in a way that celebrates both and he's like he gets the best of both worlds you know and I think that that's really cool but it's one of those things where we actively are letting him know you know you are both a black man young man black young man and you're also Mexican as well and so um, culturally it's very important that for us like we just have a, a basic value system but also make sure that he's in communities that celebrate his heritage that celebrate the traditions both of um, his Mexican culture, and also celebrating traditions within his Black culture. You know, we do that in very practical ways in, you know, learning about, you know, historical figures, um, but then also in, you know, speaking Spanish. And so obviously, like, his dad is fluent in that side of his family. There are more people who are fluent in Spanish. His stepmom as well is fluent. Um, I am not uh but I I can get by and so even at home when I'm practicing Spanish I'm making sure to practice Spanish with him because it is important. Um, There is concern where I think about um, how he is received or how he will be received when he's out in the world you know will he be told things like oh you're not black enough or are you is he going to be told things like you're not Mexican enough like Those things cross my mind consistently. But, you know, at the end of the day, my job as a parent is to uh, cultivate experiences, relationships um, that instill confidence or provide opportunities to build confidence within him, within all that he is as a child who is biracial. And so we celebrate that with him. And I think it's really important for us as people to think about think about those populations and think about our children, especially as we're raising them, letting them know that, that there are going to be people who look different than them, that come from different bra- backgrounds than they do, um, and to acknowledge the fact that some people are treated well and some people are not, and that they get to be a part of a society that is just and that treats all people well that calls out things that are being done that are unjust and you know my hope a hundred percent of the time is that he gets to grow up in a world that is more anti-racist than the world that we are now in and You know, I don't know what that looks like. He's still, you know, relatively young right now. But I do have hope. I have hope for the future. I have hope for his generation and even, you know, the generation that's right behind me that, you know, we're doing the work, we're putting in the work, and we wanna see a better world. So, as the mother of an Afro Latino, uh, I think that that is something that is vitally important to me, you know, that his father and I try, for me being here in this moment. Um, I can definitely speak for myself um, in encouraging that 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 our son is someone who celebrates both and at the end of the day is is comfortable in who he is. And so, um, when his dad and I connect? You know, when he's spending time with his dad, he's getting getting these same and similar conversations. And so, um, you know, we just we really do our best and try to surround ourselves with communities. That are inclusive and that are
0: welcoming of all people.
1: I remind myself, I am raising an adult. I am not raising a child. I am raising an adult.
0: Yeah, no, I, that's like I'm. I'm literally taking parenting notes because Carlos <laughs> are still two and three, but I'm like, it's true. You're an adult. I'm like, Mateo, you're two, but you know, I'm raising it. Yes. <laughs> I
1: love it that you have them do their own laundry. Oh, I yeah that and I was like dang like I definitely at that age I don't remember doing that but like I'm like look at this like you know they can
0: pick up these skills and it becomes like regular for them so yeah yeah that's actually every week every Friday is our laundry day and I'm like okay and I make them put it to the dryer too and for Uh now they enjoy it and whatever you know yeah but I'm like yep everybody here does chores (laughs) so so good well I really loved that whole take um on parenting and just like took so many good notes because I'm not there yet, but I'm definitely going to be leaning in when I come up to those phases. So I know that you have been talking about educational leadership and you've taken so many like courses on leadership. And you know, Mm -hmm. one thing too, that I want to point out to myself about myself that while you were talking, it, it kind of just clicked with me. I'm also a great student. I love to learn. I love to read. Mm -hmm. And I love to um, personal deb- personally develop myself, right? And I, yeah. think, I think with this whole just like racial injustice thing, mm-hmm. it shook me again. And I was like, I read, I I watch stuff. Like So that was for me too, was like, wow, I, I need to add different books in. Yeah. I need to be watching different things. So just even when you said that right now too, a lot of us are readers and studiers and it's like, okay, well, we just need to diversify that and learn more about s- specific topics. Yeah, so, absolutely. That was just, even right now when you said that, I was like, oh yeah, me too. Because some people don't read. Some people don't listen to podcasts, They don't grow. They are not trying to personally develop. Mm -hmm. And so it's just is really, I think right now, everybody really is trying to learn and to be able to use that with their parenting, at work, in their business, with leadership. So I I thought that conversation was so appropriate with with your background and everything that you've learned. So I'm an open book. I'm going to be taking notes. (laughs) talk about one of the things that's happening right now that I think is
1: really great is what you just said Mm -hmm. is that there has been this um awakening this jolt of people seeking and I think that it's appropriate for the time and Mm -hmm. I think sometimes it's reading a book it's listening to a podcast it's participating in a talk it's listening to a friend you know and it's opening yourself up to like you said before for that we don't know a whole lot and it's humbling it's about humility like and there's nothing wrong with not knowing and I think a lot of us struggle with that I know that I like to call myself a recovering perfectionist because Mm -hmm. I always want to get things right and I want to do them well but that's something that I've learned through my own background and being like oh this is when this started this is what Mm -hmm. you were trying to cope with you Mm -hmm. know but it's okay to be a beginner And for some reason, I think it's so difficult for us to, to come to terms with that. But the truth is like, we were all beginner at one time. And so I think that it's a great time for learning and it's a great time for using Google, you know, like the fact that we look up recipes, what is stopping us? Where's the blockage from saying, why can't I look up what it means to be anti-racist? Why can't I look up black history? Why do I need to wait? For February to come around for me to kind of feel like, Oh, I should engage in this, you know, Mm -hmm. and we could talk about systems and education systems and how we have very Eurocentric curriculums and, you know, white centered curriculums where it's all about, you know, you know, we can use Christopher Columbus for an example. I use that example consistently because I remember growing up in school, learning a song, doing a craft, you know, and then I became an adult and i was like yo like this is trash like how dare you like Mm -hmm. i felt bamboozled i felt so bamboozled but it's (laughs) i think that's what we're dealing with now like people are like you know learning about black wall street they never knew black wall street even existed they don't know what the tulsa massacre is like they don't know that and the truth is because our history, like we, and this is when it gets down to systemic racism and where people have to understand that these are systems that were put into place by people who truly did not value black lives. Like that was not a part of it. You can look back, you know, at our constitution, you can look at anything. And, you know, the people who were writing these were like, but these are the people who this is for, Mm -hmm. you know? And so when you look at history, of course, conversations about black liberation about black people thriving is not going to be talked about and when you want the you know you want the the student to think like oh the u.s is so great and look at all these great leaders of course you're not going to air their dirty laundry and that and that is a part of the problem but that is what people are starting to see now that the information has always been there there are researchers who have been researching, there are writers, there are academics, there are people who have lived through this. I've been talking to my grandma and to my granny just about their own experiences from living in the South and moving West to Arizona mm-hmm. and their own stories of stuff that has, that has happened. And I'm like, that happened? Like what? And they're like, yeah. And you know, that was their life. And what's so wild is that that has been so wiped away from our history classes. And what people need to understand is that Black history is U.S. history. There's not this separation that's tried to been cre- that has been created, but it's it's a part of history. Now we're just in that time, and I think people just have to come to terms with, you know, hey, what I was taught was probably not correct, <laughs> you know, or it was only one side of the story. And what we're dealing with now is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years coming. And it's like one of those things where you try to sweep something under the rug. And I tell people, like, there ain't no more, like, there's no more room under the rug. Mm -hmm. And now, (laughs) you know, now it's all out. And what does it mean to be educated? I think what that looks like is it's being a listener. It's being a beginner. It's saying to yourself, I don't know everything. And there are some stories that... Um, are best told from the people who have experienced or are experiencing those things, you know, and um, listen to them, you know, but it's going to shake up a lot of of what you thought was truth. And I think that's what's hard for people in general um, is that when you start to educate yourself, you start to realize that some of the ideologies that that you either have or, you know, ways that you've been living, things that you thought that you knew as truth when those start to break down, what it starts to do for the person is now they've got to start asking questions about, well, what does this mean for me? What else do I not know? And that's hard work. Like that's it's it's nerve wracking for some people. And I'm pretty sure as you have, you know, learned and you are sharing more and you guys are talking about, you know, what you're talking about and you are seeing people maybe lash out. You are seeing people unfollow. You are seeing people, you know, kind of have like this jerk reaction of like, like what are you, what are you doing? Why are, you know what I mean? And so, you know, and it costs, it costs something to educate yourself. It costs people friendships and you know platforms. Like it's going to cost. When you are a learner, a part of the learning process is walking in and saying like these people have done the work now it's time for me to engage and to learn and that also means that it's going to come with a new responsibility girl i'm bamboozled again (laughs) (laughs) listen every day people are like what huh what i didn't know this this is crazy what you know and just i mean yesterday loving versus virginia you know they call it like loving day or whatever but you know being an interracial couple was illegal Right. I think, what it, 53 years ago when it passed and I was like y'all 53 years is not a long time no
0: exactly you know? it's and like you, when you it's almost like when you think like oh my mom's old right like she's right. 40 and then you're like wait 40 is actually really young it's and that really was just, young you know? yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> right and but I do think you know for everyone out there who is who's learning and what I think it helps do is it helps you to figure out like where you stand on issues and it helps you to be educated about those issues and mm-hmm. to be a voice for those issues in the face of what sometimes is going to be backlash or combative you know comments or being dismissed or whatever it looks like but i really think like if there is information that is going to help you to better understand and gain gain good good things in life from being educated like why would you not want that
0: 100%
1: why would you not want that um but it's because it's work
0: yeah
1: anti-racism is work having these conversations is work reading the words is work and you know I tell people you ready to work
0: one conversation (laughs) I had um it's so true one conversation um, my last guest actually his if you know PJ Spark. So he was my guest and he was like, mm-hmm. Part of the problem is like our generation is like we want things like now and then we're expecting change now, but it doesn't work like that. He's like, and you know, our change right now, we're gonna yes, we're making change, but it's mm-hmm. it's something that is that we're really gonna see for, you know, come to fruition even 30 years from now. And it's just taking yeah. those steps right now. And and mm-hmm. our generation is used to like instant right like we want things now we don't we don't Mm want to work. we don't want to do the work right we don't (laughs) want to we just want it now and so because I've been seeing people saying oh all of a sudden you know people are depressed they're anxious they're Mm -hmm. feeling x y and z right and it's just because we in the in the process of becoming educated in the process of watching and hey like a few months ago for covid people are looking up recipes and fry you know like air fryer recipes and now we're (laughs) like (laughs) who is not in history class like who is this person who killed malcolm x like (laughs) right yeah no it's this whole complex situation going down this rabbit hole and we're like dang ice and then like what's going on over here and you know like all of these other things and i think that that's why people are like whoa this is like maybe you get overwhelmed with all of it but i Mm -hmm. it still comes down to one day at a time one piece of information Mm -hmm. at a time one problem at a time and doing your part so um, I just wanted to say that also for people that are listening that are feeling maybe overwhelmed with like all of a sudden it's like okay well I'm gonna learn more and then information overload and you're like oh I'm I'm useless I'm small I have no voice (laughs) or I can't do anything you know that was some of the stuff I felt too I was like there's Mm -hmm. no point you know Mm -hmm. but then there it's it's not this is part of that that painful change like you said so Putting in the work.
1: It's a lot of information. And I think that we have to remember like, we're in the middle of a pandemic. There's still, you know, uh, people who are being, are staying quarantined. There's the social distancing. There's the stress behind jobs. There is, there's a lot that is happening right now. And so, what I remind people to do is like, do the work, but also like, you know, yourself take breaks, take care of your health take care of your mind, take care of your body, take care of your spirit, because at the end of the day, like you're not going to be worth much to yourself, to your family, to your community, to this world, if if you're not taking care of you. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's why it's important that you have community and that you are connected with people who are also trying to do the work. You, You can't do it alone. Be okay with, you know, not being okay. Like learn how to settle in to the the hard stuff. And mm. I remember when I was in grad school, I was learning about the history of education, which it's a system. And so racism is very much just it permeates every part <laughs> of it. And I remember reading the book and I had to write a paper about racism. I can't remember the title of it. Racism, Americanization, blah blah blah, you know, in, in education. And as I was reading, I was like pissed. Like I remember reading it and being mad. And I remember emailing my professor and I was like, this paper and this chapter were so hard for me. Like literally I would like read and then I would have to put my book down. Like I would read a page and be so like, I cannot believe that this, <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> that this
1: happened. Yes. And I think that it's so important that, that we sit and we, and we resonate that we let it permeate. We let it sit with us. We feel feel the emotions that we need to feel and then we figure out how do I need to act what can I do you don't have to do everything but there are so many resources that are out there for you if you want to start to learn Mm -hmm. and I'm going to tell people like it is a rabbit hole it is like and A big part of it is that like it was not taught like it through our lives while we were in school, but it's purposely left out of the conversation, (laughs) you know? And so now we have to, to, to figure those things out, Uh, like give yourself grace. (laughs) That's what I tell people, give yourself grace and everybody's going to be different. There's going to be, and I like one thing that is kind of being talked about is like every person that you talk to is going to see things differently. Hey, like, I'm a Black woman. I'm very glad that I'm a Black woman. I have no ill feelings about being Black, you know? But you, like, my perspective and my life experience is not going to always be the same as someone else who is also a Black woman. Like, you, the, everybody is different. Listen to the experiences of Black people <laughs> so that you can start to understand, like, okay, this is a life that, that they are truly living. These are the things that they're coming in contact with but then also realizing okay now i'm going to do my work and i'm going to figure out how do, how do i fit into what is happening as far as like what does it look like for me to be an ally what does it look like for me to be anti racist and take it upon yourself and to think about like what gifts do i have to bring to the table and how can i use my gift and talk about these things so that these things are placed on the forefront the world has plenty of problems that it's dealing with the atrocities that are going on are endless and if you're on social media you know every post that you see like there is a lot going on that is terrible and at the same time there are people who are here who can work towards change and -hmm. the way that it happens is by doing so the biggest thing i can say what not to do is nothing yes (laughs) you know people when you think about it and like really being tangible, but even if in that moment, you're like, I'm overwhelmed. I've read a book. I read an article. I watched this video. I listened to this podcast, I don't know what to do. I'm like, get with someone who is doing it. Find a friend, the buddy system. Hey, I see that you are really into like this whole anti-racist work and I don't know what to do. And I need community. Can I, you know, uh, like, and that's why there's no excuse at this point. There is no excuse. Excuse to not be doing something. Yes, you know. And if you can't go out and you can't protest, or that doesn't align with whatever, that's cool. We got people out there who who are saying that's what I want to do. You know. Right. Maybe you are raising children, girl. You better. You know, girls and guys, y'all better raising kids, raising kids to be anti-racist in your home. You know. Maybe it's you know going across the street to your neighbor that you've never talked to, you've never met. Maybe it's addressing your own implicit bias you know and you are doing the work there 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 are so many ways to start to do the work and
0: so I love that you said that so much and it's true there's no excuse and we just all need to be doing something that's within our like we're all going the same way but like within our yeah within our own like our own
1: vehicle and you know like yes. with my background vehicle. in leadership one time I tell what one thing that I do say, and I remind myself of this is like leadership is influence. Like leadership is not a position. It is not a title. It is not tied to being in the corner office. None of that. And I'm not saying that any of that is bad. I think that it it is very important that when you are in positions of power, how you wield that power is very important, mm-hmm. but leadership is influence. And the truth is that, All of us are influencing all the time. We don't get to choose if we are going to influence or if we are not going to influence. What we get to choose is the direction that we are influencing. I remember when I used to teach, so I used to teach a high school leadership class. Sometimes I'd have students that say, miss, like, I don't want to be a leader. I'm not a leader, blah, 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 you know. And I would tell them, like, you don't get to choose like because leadership is influence there are some leaders who are in positions of power and have maybe a wider range of influence over people right um but every day that you encounter a person you are influencing them and you need to start to ask yourself how do I want to influence when they leave my space or we leave each other's presence what am I leaving them with and I think that We forget that I'm just me. I just do what I want to do and I want whatever, you know, I'm worried about me. And I'm like, listen, you can be worried about you all day long, but what are you doing with your influence? If you have an Instagram, you are influencing, you know, I don't care how many followers you have or how many followers you don't have. If someone is engaging with your content, it is leaving an impact on that person. And so what is the impact that you want to leave? How are you using your voice? And I think that we have to remember that like our voices are valuable. They are so valuable. And thinking about the conversation of like, what are tangible things to do is like, you've got to remember number one, this is a project for the, for the whole of humanity. It, this is something that um, we need collective voice. And so there has to be people on all fronts in every kind of position that are saying, hey, you know, we are actively trying to pursue anti-racism. It has to be the parents, it has to be the doctors, it has to be the teachers, it has to be people in legislative positions. You know, like everybody has to collectively decide to go the same way. But the truth is that collective voice happens when individual voice is happening. Mm -hmm. And so we've got to learn how to lead ourselves, right? Because I love me some leadership. But the thing is this, self-leadership is massively important. Being aware of what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? How are you neutralizing your weaknesses while increasing your strengths and realizing like I bring something to the table. And so you've got to have that confidence in yourself to understand that your voice is very important and your voice is not the most important. You know what I mean? like it's important but it has to join in with the collective voice and that's what makes the collective voice stronger and so I think that sometimes people forget that they just kind of are going through life like well I'm here and whatever but I tell them like but yo like but you were created to be here like this is not an accident this is not a coincidence you are here now and there's a quote by John Lewis that I love and it says like I'm paraphrasing it, but it says like we may not have chosen like the time, but the time has chosen us essentially. I'm such an advocate for people to understand that value that they have, that they possess and that their voice, it matters that they matter. And when their voice is not a part of the collective voice, we are missing a very integral part of our community. Mm -hmm. And so when you value your voice, Right. And you feel like I do have something to say. I do have something to bring to the table. That's when you really start to step into that, that place of like, okay, I'm aware of my influence and I'm going to be responsible for my influence. Doesn't mean you have to be perfect. Cause I tell people, they're like, Oh, I don't want to mess up. I'm like, well, that's too bad. Cause you gonna mess up. Y'all yeah. mess up. But you know, and the truth is that, you know, the world is changed by individual people. We have to be mindful of the ripple effects that are created from the work that we do. And you, like you said, we might not always see the fruit. We might not. But mm. the fact that there is more in front of us should be something that lights a fire under our. but. The use of our world is one reason why I'm like, even if I don't get to see it, mm. the fact that I'm trying to leave something for them, a better world for them, it is worth it all. When I think about my nine-year-old, right? And him living in a world that is anti-racist or that is closer to being more anti-racist than it is now. Give me this, you know, I said this in my other talk, give me the shovel, give me the gloves. Mm. It's going to be hard work because it's everywhere. And I think that's what overwhelms people is that it is everywhere. It is in our, in our shows and in our movies and in our books and, you know, in the clothing and the you know that that industry, every single system is plagued with racism. But when we start to pay attention, it's the ripple effects. and so it's a it's an issue of humanity. It's not just about one person, you know, but it's about all people. and um, one thing that I think is massively important for us to remember is that this is not the end that oppression is happening in a lot of places and there are people who are hurting people who are marginalized being taken advantage of like, and, and we got work to do. And I, people are starting to be ready for the work, but the thing is that we can't do it by ourselves. We have to do it together. And so I encourage anyone who is listening to realize that you have influence and you have impact and you to start asking yourself, what do I want to do with my influence? Now that part is completely your choice thinking about like the power of your voice and what what you can do with it. One thing that I do that I'm actually probably thinking about doing again is I do a workshop that's called Mission, Vision, and Values. And it is vitally important. Like and most people hear that they think of businesses because businesses have mission statements and they have vision statements, they have values that they that they, you know, um, aligned with my workshop specifically is for individuals because you need to know what is your mission statement right what is your vision for your life and what are your values because if you can get those things in line anything that you encounter in life as far as what opportunities you take and don't take listen what relationships you find yourself in or you don't find yourself in the jobs that you choose or don't choose if you know who you are who you want to serve in the world what you want to put out into the world how you see yourself doing it and the values that you are, that are your foundation, it is not super difficult for you to know what to say yes and what to say no to and how to hold yourself in the world because Mm -hmm. you are operating out of that. But we don't ask ourselves those questions. We just kind of like, oh, this is what I'm for. This is what I'm against. I'm like, but what is, what is your mission? What are your values? Is this aligned with
0: that? No, oh, girl. Like uh, literally, like <laughs> no, oh, Like I'm like pages of notes. Like your schooly, I'm like, oh my, God. I'm like, girl, you just took me to like leadership school, church, like all of these, like school, like so good. I've taken so many notes, Candace. I'm learning so much, and yeah. honestly, just hearing your perspective, hearing your voice, amplifying your voice, that's really to me what what this was about. I'm like, yeah. I just want to hear, and I just want to learn, and and I'm just so grateful for your time and for your message. And seriously, there's there's so much value in, in everything that you're that you just said. And I think that one the, you know, one of the things too is that everybody's muted, right? Like people are like, oh, I'm muting myself, which is great, so that we can listen and hear. But now, mm-hmm. now that we've listened and that we're learning and hearing, that's not where we're gonna come in and confidently. I think that that's um, you know, part of being an ally, right? Is like let me mm-hmm. let me learn. Let me be mm-hmm. confident in what I'm talking about so that I'm not like, eh, I don't know what to say. I don't want to say anything, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. let me learn this. Let me get confident in this. Let me get fluent mm-hmm. so that we can all be, like you said, collectively using our voice. Because if mm-hmm. not, and if whoever's listening isn't collectively using their voice, yes, it's still there, but it's missing. It's missing someone. It's missing you. Yeah. It's missing you. It's missing you. And that's all part of that right. collective. And that really clicked for me right now. That you said that yeah. I was like, that's that's what it is. To say self, okay, this person has put all this stuff out here.
1: But like, what can I go and learn on my own? How can I take charge of my own education? So, you know, get connected to the experts, find out who the experts are, and then take charge of your education. You decide for yourself how am I going to educate myself on this issue? And then think about how do I put this into action? And then that's when you think about. Who are my networks of people? Where are my spheres of influence? Do, does that mean I get on a call with friends? Does that mean I hold a book club? Does that mean I, you know, attend a workshop like or hold a workshop, whatever that looks like for you? And then repeat, right? Experts, educate yourself, take charge of your education, figure out what is your what you do well, and then do that. And then keep on doing that and keep on doing that. And understand that, you know, it's, it's for the long haul. It's not mm-hmm. a trend. This is something that becomes a lifestyle and it's not going to stop here. I think that, it, you know, important. Like for me, I'm all about letting people know, like, you've got a voice and you have a responsibility for the words that exit your mouth. And what are you going to do with those words? Do you want them to heal or do you want them to hurt? Mm-hmm. Do you want them to encourage or do you want them to discourage? Do you want them to, um, you know, be agents of change, you know, or do you want them to stay with the status quo? Like, and you have to be mindful and intentional. And someone um, had said, I can't remember who it was, but the work of anti-racism has to be both active and intentional. If you are not those things, you will easily start to settle back into where you were before you know it, it 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 has to be an ongoing like it's like a it's like a how do you say it like it's like a rerouting you know like in your mind it's a rerouting into doing something new and i think anyone who knows that whether it's you want to drink more water you want to work out you want to what whatever it is that you want to do there's this this transition period that is very hard and uncomfortable and difficult where we we switch and we start to go a new way and the old path is already laid in planned we walk that path just over and over and over and over And this new path we've kind of like got it you know we had to do some work but then eventually it will become that kind of you know smooth path but it takes intentional an act of work knowing that your voice matters who you are as a person matters and that you are like your world the world is not going to be the same without you there is no one else like you on this earth there's no like no one Mm. there's no one even people who are twins they are not the same person and you've got to put value on that and so many people have been devalued throughout their lives that they make it to a place where they're like, I don't have anything to bring. I don't have anything to give. And I'm here to tell you, like, you have stuff to bring. You have things to give. You've got to discover that because it's already inside. And I think that we forget that. It's not about you going to hear someone or going to do this and then telling you who you are, you know, or telling you who you need to be. It's them looking at you and saying who you are is inside of you. Your gifts are inside of you. I want to help you pull those things out. I want to help you see them. But you've got, you know, you've got it already. I think a big part of that is surrounding yourself with people who see that. So if your circle of people right now are not calling out greatness in you, don't see potential in you, um, you need to get yourself a a new squad. And if it's not the squad, but it's you, like inside of here you need to do that work. Because another thing that is a constant conversation is like people from the outside can always say X, Y, and Z about you. People can talk about you all the time. And mind you, I used to teach high school. So I always had students like, miss, this girl called me the B word. And this person said I was this blah, 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 you know? And I would tell them, well, are you that? And they were like, well, no. And I was like, so why are you tripping? What is wrong with this? Like, well, miss, what if somebody said that to you? I go, I would go like this. Uh-huh. I would turn around and look back. I'm like, clearly you're not talking to me cause that's not my name. And so people can be that right on the outside. That is you doing that to yourself. You have now infiltrated, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like those movies where they have like a mole inside. Yes, it's like having a mole on the inside and then them destroying something from the inside, right? It's a, it's having like that, but like somebody who infiltrates, right? And they're pretending to be someone who's there. And, but what they're really doing is getting intel. They're helping the, you know, mm. helping the enemy or whatever to destroy. And that's how we are sometimes. If we're in our own mind saying your voice isn't valid, you don't have anything to give, that is so much harder to get over. And so, you know, do the inner work first. Self leadership, get around some good people, and then and be that. Get out into the world and use your voice.
0: So good. Now you're just like, (laughs) this is like like on the next level of, like when you said, "Hey, I'm back in school." I'm like, "Whoa, this is too much." Now I'm like, "This is so good." (laughs) I'm thankful. Thank you
1: for for having me. And um, like I think it's really awesome. I think it's really awesome. And I'm always honored when i am given um or asked you know whatever the opportunity to share and i think that um i think what you're doing is awesome and you know i see it i see the work i see the um awareness and i think that that's really super cool and i you know i wrote you a message but what you're doing that i think is really cool what i think is really great about you that i've seen is like you are able to take a step back you're able to you know like have that awareness and then you are willing to learn and unlearn and then you put it into action and then you invite people along and I think that that's so important like sometimes we live in a culture where and then all of a sudden like oh well you didn't think that before and I'm like you know what I I saw this quote thing that said you know I might not be who I was five minutes ago Mm because I might have learned something and I'm like You've got to give people the space to grow and to change. That is the only way that we get better. And when we shame people, you know, or we try to hold them to that, you know, it's not helpful. Now, you know, people have different situations, but I think that's something that you do really well is like, you're able to say, Hey, I'm learning this thing. I'm unlearning this thing. I recognized that this needed to change and I made the change and I need you to know like, this is where I'm at now. And now I invite you along to come and do it. So right. love it. I love it all.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. That is, I think that pretty much sums me up in a nutshell. I'm like, <laughs> like, once I learned something and then I'm like, Hey, this is, this is it you guys like, this is the way, right. Or like, Sorry, business. This is the way. Hey, like you know, this is Jesus. This is the way. I'm like, hey, like, those <laughs> types of things. I'm like, everybody needs to know about this. Like, everybody needs to learn and like try this thing or learn about this, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. I think yeah, you're you're totally right. I mean, yeah, and that's why I'm like all on board. So, thank you so much, Candice. I'm so grateful for you you're and so just your time. Yeah, I know this episode is gonna serve so many people, and really just grateful to just to know you. <laughs> I'm so grateful for you, and um, I know we're going to be doing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's really absolutely.
0: Cool. Even just right now, you could do that.
1: Yeah, no, and I, you know, I've been I've been sitting on it for a while, and I'm like, you know what, just do it. Come on, stop playing. And that's that's one thing that I am learning from you, and something that I admire so much is that, like, even when we talk, and you're like, hey, wanted to invite you to this thing so we can have this conversation, and you are like on it, and I'm like, I need that's I need that in my life. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna model that. For sure. So,
0: thank you so, so much for listening to this podcast. I'm so grateful for you. If you want to keep hearing podcasts like this, nothing inspires me more than seeing that people are subscribing. So, please subscribe, please leave a review, and tell me what are some of the key lessons you learned and how you're going to apply this to your business. Also, can you do one more thing for me? take a screenshot and post it. I'll definitely share it and just remember one more thing. You could be one strategy away from making it big. Hasta la próxima!